E3 2019. Without Sony? Hello and welcome to Triangle Square at a PlayStation Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me, Mr. Saw Bridges, bringing you guys lucky episode 111. I, you know, one of these days I'm going to steer you in the wrong direction on purpose. You did that last reader, Mill. Well, you said my name first. Oh, yeah, but no, that was just a weird thing. But in terms of the episode number, you oh, know, no, we, did that we last always do that last We said episode talk. 10. Yeah, but yeah, that was, again, just an accident. I want to do it on purpose, where I look you dead in the eye and you go, "Is this episode one eleven? I go, "No, bro, one twelve. And you you're go, not going to oh, yeah. do it. As long, like you're going to have to do it next weekend when I no. Next when you've forgotten make, this conversation, well, no, next weekend I would have made the thumbnail. Yeah, see, see, yeah, you've got ah. your fail safe. Well, anyway, if this is your first time joining us, we are Triangle Squared, a PlayStation based podcast. So we do talk about all of the companies and how they pertain to PlayStation, uh, be it what we like and don't like about what they do in comparison to what Sony's doing. Uh, but with that said, if you want to watch us on YouTube in our video cast format, you can do so by going over there and subscribing to us. If you like what we have going on, hit the bell notification. It'll let you know when these things go live, which is every Monday at 10 a.m. PST. And 12 p.m. CST. Uh, if you like what we're talking about, comment down in the, uh, in the below section of what the, are they comment the comment section? section of YouTube. Yeah, do that. And uh, we would love to hear your thoughts on anything that we are talking about. If you don't want to watch us, but you want to listen to us, you can do so by going to podcast services, be it across phones, PC, iTunes, Google Play Music. It does not matter. You can find us on Spotify, anything. If we're not on there, you tell us, we'll get it fixed. Um, but if you want to chime in and can't do so by going there, then you can go to our social media platforms and reach out to us and give us your thoughts uh, and also partake in the community's take section that will be coming up very shortly. And you can do so by going to Twitter. Our Twitter is triangle at triangle SQRD. You should be able to find us there. If you want to join in on Facebook and talk with everybody, you can do so by going to Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. It's a group asked to be entered, and we will gladly enter you into that. And you can find our Discord. We have our moment-to-moment, day-to-day lives of everybody in the community as who's willing to dive into that um, going on. And you can do so by clicking through the link that is in the description below. It's an invite link. You can go in there and uh, have fun and talk to everybody. Uh, hopefully and let's see past that we have some new patrons so thank you guys that's two new yeah, ones i'm going to you. shout y'all out now to josh ayers longtime listener and thomas mckinnis also longtime listener thank, thank you, thomas you guys and josh. um we so if you it. want to support us by giving us even as little as a dollar to get early access on stuff to support us help us do more stuff with the show um then you can go ahead and head over there and do that it's at patreon.com slash nartech or you can click through the links in the descriptions but with that said i think it's time to start this show off the proper way and that's always the kind courteous friendly way of saw what's been up to what's been playing a lot of destiny too lot of destiny too did you get the gun you were talking nope about? that should happen tonight for those that are familiar with destiny 2 i'm grinding for two pvp pinnacle weapons one is called the recluse and one is called luna's howl and it's going somewhat well it's just being very time consuming well now what about the other gun that you were saying they brought back um... oh uh yeah i'll break prime which is now outright perfected we got that too okay. we did get it the night that uh the thing that big happened like i was hoping for yep um but i did get it the night no wait yeah we did like we it was actually a weird way we did it too we we watched a couple youtube videos because it's a really really hard mission you did whisper of the worm didn't you yep it's similar to that um less enemies but similar to that i don't think i beat whisper of the worm but i got close it's a really really cool mission for this new one uh you basically you go back to the tower 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you get to go through the back of the tower and stuff that you've never seen before. And then you drop down, and there's probably, over the course of, like, a couple of minutes, hundreds of ads spawn, and then a boss, and you got to kill all the ads, and then the boss. Uh, But it's really hard. And we were having a lot of trouble because of Gavin was using a bow the entire time. I was about to ask, is this your normal ragtag group? Now, what's wrong with a bow, though? Because when I was playing, I was really good with a bow. It just, for, for this is the... Too many ads for the bow to it's handle? It's too many ads, and it is, uh, uh, they have all have different elemental shields, so you realistically need something with Void, Solar, and uh, Arc. But uh, he was using an Arc bow, and he was trying to take out yellow bar enemies with it, and that's really hard to do in this day and age. When okay. The, the thing was 690, and we're all 700. We're all max level. And this was still hard. Um, I'm so woefully behind. Yeah. But uh, we got we, we tried like four times, and then Gavin was falling asleep. So we booted Gavin. And then okay. I literally went, the usual. To, we went to LFG on the Destiny app. And like we like li- I like literally posted something saying, uh, need one more for Outbay Perfected. Know what you're doing. And like within two minutes, somebody jumped into that on our app, and I sent him a party invite. Dude was really cool, really helpful. We became friends on PlayStation afterwards, and he's a really cool dude. So that was a really cool experience. Look at that. Looking for game or whatever. That, isn't that what LFG is supposed to be? Looking for group. Looking for group. Sorry, my bad. Um, that's obviously what it was. I don't know why my brain said game. But my mind was in the right place. My words just weren't. Um, yeah, that's a good use of that, too. Uh, did they ever get – they pull that um, – did they, did they pull matchmaking out of – because I know early on they were going to do something to either read – do matchmaking for raids and stuff like no, that? No, it's still there. It's just, it's kind of hard. But is it only for raids? Can you do it for missions as well? You can well? do it for nightfalls, but you can't do it for stuff like this. Okay. You so that, you still have to go through the traditional you method. You actually, it's kind of cool the way this mission worked. You had to go back to the farm. And then you had to start the mission from the farm, which was kind of cool. Because it's rare you have to go back there now. Um, sure. And you have to, it's whatever you load in with your fire team. It doesn't matchmake at all. And you can actually go do it solo, which people on PC have done. Yeah. But yeah, we got it that night, uh, played some Crucible after that, and just to test the gun out, and the gun is sick, and it works really well, and had a fun time. But that's really been it. I played that that night until like 1 a.m. because I was off the next, no, I wasn't. I had to go to work later the next day, and then uh, I was off Friday, and I played a lot on Friday, um, just because I didn't have nothing going on. Uh, so You didn't have nothing going on? I didn't have anything going on. It's a double negative. Yeah, <laughs> English. But yeah, what have you been playing? Uh, man, literally only days gone. So I beat it, um, Thursday I rolled credits, uh, and started, I didn't get to play Friday at all due to a bunch of different stuff or even yesterday until later in the night. Uh, so when that hit, it ended up being, I'm just doing trophy cleanup now. I'm on general platinum cleanup. I'm at 90% of the trophies right now. So I should have the platinum pretty uh, soon, probably tomorrow afternoon. I will hope, um, we'll see. Vampire is on the flash sale for $22 or $23. Oh, dude, that's a great price for that game, too. Yep, I'm going to get you it. You should definitely hop into that, because is there anything else coming in this next couple of weeks that are really hitting you that hard anyway? Are you getting Rage 2 at launch? No, I'm not getting Rage 2 at launch. I'm not getting... The, only, the next game I'm getting at launch is probably going to be... What else comes out next uh, week? And why can't I think called? of it? Astral Chain? Astral Chain for the uh, for the Switch, for Switch DS, for the yeah. DS. <laughs> either that or you know what I don't know I don't there's like like I said this year this year is weird like realistically for what we know at this current point in time in early May um, there's not a lot coming out that I'm excited for like unless it's on the Switch so I know my brain is just really farting there is something else coming out May. 14th ice or this week whether it be rage. May 14th or not i mean yeah besides rage though 
And that, I don't know why that, I can't that think thing's of it. In the drop. Look, oh wait, is is Rage the same day as Sonic Team Racing? Sonic Team Racing is not in the drop. Okay. Well then there we go. It must be later this month. Yeah, May twenty first. My bad. Okay. And then shortly followed by um Crash Bandicoot. CTR. Yeah. So now that, that that would be fun. I don't know if I'll buy that, though. Uh, I'll probably play it over here to see if it's fun enough for me to buy. Yeah, because you know I'll buy it. Why even waste your time past that? Honestly, I wish that you. St- I wish your disk drive still worked because I know that you don't really, like, you know, you're kind of on days gone. But if you didn't have much going on outside of that, I'd just let you borrow it. But I didn't, you know, you have no way to do that. So Yeah, that's true. Just because I was like. It is what it is. It's unfortunate, but it happens. I could get my dish off to work if I tap it enough real hard and just tap, 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 tap. Just abuse your system. Just yeah. I just don't care enough. Yeah. To like really worry about it. No, no. See, but that's, see, I'm with you though. At that point, that's physical becoming too much it's like it's becoming too physical i shouldn't have to work this hard to get my physical disc drive to read so i don't blame you on that one um all right man well i guess we will go ahead and head over to the community's take and what we decided oh, no. to ask everybody we're gonna lead in the main topic i thought wouldn't that make sense we can yeah we'll do it that way it's the same well, look, thing. just to give this out in in the general take um this is mother's day that we're recording on due to schedule stuff going on so i have to work uh, everything so i do have plans with my wife and we do have to get out of here uh by a certain time limit so this will probably be a little bit of a shorter episode probably about an hour and 15 to an hour and a half uh but we're going to do what we can and uh, hour and a half is our normal length yeah but every now and hour, hour 40 yeah so we'll see we may be a little shorter though just given that warning out there but we'll fly through everything else and uh hopefully you guys understand i am a married man saul is a married man but he doesn't have, a, have baby, a kid so, so it doesn't change not, yeah we're going out to eat with annie's parents possibly uh, that might have been canceled, though, so I don't know. Okay. Well, there we go. Well, just giving you a heads up as to why we do work and have normal lives outside of that, sadly, so we can't just record anytime, anywhere. But we appreciate you guys for supporting us all the time anyway. Yeah. Being very nice about that. But uh, go ahead, Saul. Sure. So for those that don't know, The Drop is this week's PlayStation releases across all of its platforms. Soon to only be one or two, technically, VR. First, yeah. we have Bartender VR Simulator for PSVR. We have Bubsy Paws on Fire for PS4. Bend has been busy. Castlevania Anniversary <laughs> Collection for PS4. I appreciate that. Darkwood for PS4. DBS Dungeon for PS4 and PS Vita, a digital cross-buy title. Darkwood looks interesting. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's like a top-down horror game. It's really weird. That doesn't sound like a horror game to me. DBS Dungeon 2 for... Wait, I think I just said that one. Yeah, you threw you me did. off. DBS My bad. Dungeon 2. Yeah, you heard that one already. Uh, Feudal Alloy, or Alloy. Yeah. Slash, I don't know if that's meant to say, like, ally? No, it's alloy, but, okay. and it, probably talking about the metal, but, you know, if you've not, because you, obviously you can't see this, the draw, it has a robot with a fish tank on its top that's kind of in the tank. Like, if you ever watched Futurama, how they put, like, the president's heads and stuff it's in the glass. Knight's body. Yeah. Uh, so, so, it's pretty cool. interesting. We have Figment for PS4, Guilty Gear for PS4, The Padre for PS4, A Plague Tale Innocence for PS4. That's what it is. Oh, okay. Plague Tale. I, I knew I was like, there's something coming. It's important. Go ahead. Quar Infernal Machines for PSVR. Big one on the list for most people. Rage 2 for PS4. Sniper Elite V2 Remastered. You know what? I'm just going to stop saying for PS4. There's so many like less Vita and stuff games. Just assume that if I name it, it's PS4. I'll specify if it's Vita. We have Undead Horde, and that's the last one on the list. There you go. Saved a lot of time by uh, cutting that in half. Yeah, Plague Tale uh, looks really interesting, and I'm hoping that it does the same thing that Vampire did for me, where it's a game that I've had a lot of interest in just in passing and not watching too much on it, uh, but just Ooh. enough to be interested in it, and that's what I'm kind of aiming for. Yeah. <laughs> Saul's never been so disappointed. Anyway, 
Uh, yeah, so that's probably going to be my other one. I will most likely get Rage 2, but I'll also get uh, Plague Tale. And the upside to Rage 2 is that with it not really being a, a game that looks to be too serious in the story department, uh, it's a game that I can kind of just have fun with and play. Yeah. And then I can let Plague Tale be the st- more story-driven game. That makes sense. So that's probably what it looks like that's a perfect fit for at least right now. Yeah, sure. We're about to hit that gaming lull for the summer. Yeah. We'll see, though, man. The The schedule has really changed to where I feel like at least last summer we didn't have as much of a lull. And it looks like going into this summer it's not going to be as bad either. I mean, there's still always going to be the real heavy hit. Well, for me, yeah. Because Rage comes... is coming out for most. Like, a lot of people are going to get that. And um, a lot of people look like they're probably going to get Plague Tale. Um so, I mean, there's stuff for well, everybody. And, just, and then, you know, like Sonic Team Racing and CTR. Well, yeah. You're getting a pretty wide breadth of games, but there is a lot hitting the end of the year. So that also depends on what we learn at E3 versus if anybody does any of those surprise Boy, E3 if releases. if Nintendo comes out on stage and says Animal Crossing out for the Switch today, I'm just like PS4 is having it's a possible, very, right? very weak year for me. Yeah. So anyway, we'll go ahead and move into the news. First thing up, for anybody who doesn't know, which I'm sure everybody who listens to this probably at least knows if it's happened, Sony's second State of Play hit this week, and we saw a developer, a developer, a deeper look at the upcoming Monster Hunter World expansion, Iceborne, to start things off, and we also got a release date for that, which is September 6th. One of the cool things about that, uh, one of the people behind the game said that you can expect the same amount of content from the base game out of Iceborne. Yeah, it's, it's essentially a second game. Yep. So just that's, building on this is a really good way. This is exactly what I've been saying from the get go is what I feel like Destiny should have done. This is essentially Destiny two to Destiny one and has a long uh, has a lengthy time. It's releasing almost you know what a year and a half after the original game release, um, and doing so with no real other in between expansions at all. Instead, it's just been free updates and events. But this is the way to do it. When you want to make a sequel like this and just build on something that already exists, Destiny 2 could have come out of the gate a lot stronger, I think, being a game that was built off of everything Destiny 1 had done. And the other upside of that is it does the thing what I always hoped Destiny 2 would have done, which was make everything in Destiny 1 still playable. What Destiny 2 did was like, well, we're going to do new planets that you can go to, but you can't go to any of the planets from Destiny 1 or do any of the content from Destiny 1 that would have helped you, you know, maybe some new mechanics going back into original things. And now they're using that as a very smart marketing thing because now they brought back Outbreak. And they're just like, you could have had this technically a launch, but Mm -hmm. for a reason, now you have it and you're hyped up to play the game. Which you hope means that going into the idea of a Destiny 3, they might be a little more keen to build Destiny 3 without Activision being so heavily involved. They might be keen to make Destiny 3 be a continuation expansion style. Just a full, I don't even care if it's $60, a full $60 expansion that's called Destiny 3, even if you want to, or whatever you want to name it, and then just go from there, and then you still are able to play everything that Destiny 2 introduced and go to all the things of Destiny 2, and you might even have a new take on it with some new mechanics that let you play the other things in a different way. Well, uh, and of course this hasn't been announced yet, but something that's really cool that could happen is that the Leviathan, or, or the the season of opulence the next season that starts here yeah. soon at the end of may i think uh or it might be in september i can't remember when it starts um but whatever it is it's like now that siva is not in the game but there's a presence of it with mm-hmm. the gun being there it's like people have been theorizing that uh we do know that there's something linking back to the leviathan that's coming back um that they're refreshing because there's year one leviathan armor in the new trailer okay and that's not date uh not not currently dated for anything in year two like you can get it from your collections but it has no new stats yeah it's, it's you have to level it up um but uh some people are theorizing that siva is on nessus and leviathan was eating nessus 
So we may very well be fighting Siva on Leviathan. That would be that cool. That would be really cool. Yeah, that would be cool. All right. Well, anyway, that's the first thing they started off with. Next thing we saw was the announcement of Predator Hunting Grounds, an asymmetrical multiplayer game. For anybody who doesn't know, that's kind of the thing uh, behind games like Dead by Daylight and Friday the 13th. Um, and actually goes far as to say this game is being developed by the same team behind Friday the 13th. Um, so what it does is it sees a group of players take on the role, in this case, of the soldiers, uh, while one player becomes the Predator himself, very much like what you saw on Friday the 13th, where everyone else's campers or whatever, or the camp, whatever they call it, staff, and then one of the people is Jason. So uh, in that case, that's kind of what you get to see. One person will get to be Predator and use all the cool Predator equipment. It will be an exclusive and comes via close partnership with Sony and Fox, uh, which and it's also due out next year. And I find this interesting that this is another game being co- coming from an existing big movie you know, franchise are big I don't like movie people. Like, this. like I don't like horror. Like there's something weird with me. I just don't like seeing horror villains in games. Like, I, I don't, I don't blame you, anytime. but I mean, this is an interesting way to use it. If anything, right? Because well, you, why would you, can you think of any use outside of this? And even if you don't care for this that much, what's a better use than this of well, being able to pull those into gaming at all? Well, that's what I was going to say was that I don't like seeing horror villains at all. Like yeah, uh, when it comes to like fighting games, you got Freddy Krueger, like one of the Mortal Kombat. Well, lame. see, but that one's weird because it feels out of place. It's like, it's if really it, not true. It to always him. feels out of place until like games that are solely made for them, like alien isolation. Uh, like potentially this predators game, even though this game is kind of weird. Cause it's almost like evolve. Yeah. That, that's oh. essentially the the premise behind it and Friday the 13th. But it makes sense, right? Because what are those movies about? Both of those movies are about a group of people trying to survive against one Right, entity. and Friday the 13th made sense. But then having like people in Dead by Daylight and stuff, it makes Dead by sense. Daylight's weird because it, it's not an enclosed universe by anymore. a killer. Yeah, but then you have these weird like characters. Like It's just, I don't know. I don't like that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't like cameos from a horror villain, I should say. Yeah, but when the game is built from the ground up around, it's around not so bad. Yeah, it's typically I can I can agree with decent. that but anyway this is interesting that that people are going to Sony and working tightly with them again which is the exact same thing that we saw which led to Spider-Man coming from Insomniac and uh, that being a partnership between Disney and uh, specifically Marvel and Sony but Disney behind it uh, and now this is Sony and Fox which is also Disney behind it these days um, crazy so it's a monopoly a movie uh, monopoly. I'm almost curious though. This seems like it's been being worked on for a while, so this probably happened prior to the merger, uh, to, or to the you know the buyout. Sense. Yeah. Um, but either way, it's cool to see Sony leveraging all of their because you have to think Sony exists in almost every type of media, right? They have music, they have movies, they have video TVs. games, they have everything. So when you think about that. Uh, this is just them essentially leveraging their position in the industry in every part of the industry to just get stuff for them here. And we all know, I mean, it's the safe assumption is, is that the only reason that Spider-Man exists in the Avengers universe is because most likely, I would imagine, that Sony said, go ahead. But we retain the rights. You can use them. We retain the rights to it, though. We make some money off of it, which is good for us. Royalties, it's good for y'all because yeah. you get to make these Spider-Man movies. We still get to do what we want to with it and do things like Spider-Man Spider-Verse that are completely separate from the Avengers. But also, you're going to give us some exclusive games. And it's a win-win on both sides, right? Because you get guaranteed. You get the kind of care and whatnot that goes into a game that normally a lot of people joke about licensed games not having. So this is another way to do that and a way to make a licensed game that hopefully this time around... The problem with Friday the 13th, I'm not sure if a lot of people know, but the person who gave them the rights to be able to do the Friday 13th thing was trying to revoke the rights post-haste, like, you know, post-release, 
Um, after the game was already been enjoyed by a lot of people, despite some try. of his problems, he succeeded. I think he did. Yeah, yeah he did because the game's gone now. One hundred. Right? It's not gone. I don't think permanently. I think if you still had it, you can still play it with other people. But you can't online. sell it anymore, right? You, yeah, I don't think you can be. I don't think it can be bought. Um, yeah. I don't think they can add anything to it. Yeah, I think so, for all intents and purposes. The upside of this is with this being a first party or treated as a you know net, technically a second party game, but with this being treated as an exclusive under Worldwide Studios, the that likelihood is completely gone. You know what I mean? This, we know that this is going to be honored. Yeah. So that's a good thing if you like those type of games. Next thing up was called Away, the Survival Series, and it was shown. And it's a console exclusive to PS4. It is on PC otherwise, and it's inspired by nature documentaries, and I think there might be an, a nature documentary called Away. I'm not sure, actually, about that. Um, but anyway, the game sees you play as a sugar glider, which is a small little mammal, uh, trying to survive in a world full of predators. So if you like that idea, again, a lot of these two games in a row that are kind of the idea of surviving against the odds. Right. Um, but that looked kind of cool. I mean, you know, it, it somewhat similar to what I feel like the vibes I picked up from the, um, what was that game being made by Michael Ansel or whatever the, uh, no, not Michael Ansel, I'm sorry. Um, I'm brain dead today, but the, game that's uh, the human odyssey or whatever it's the called stanley parable no <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about it's called um the human odyssey i don't think ancestors the humankind odyssey this is a game i showed you that lets you play as like you'll, you'll play as like a, a hominoid ape-like character and kind of go up through the centuries are vaguely and evolved that. it was shown at e3 last year i think for the first time where where was it at that's a good question. I don't remember. But it was shown off. <laughs> so uh, I, I vaguely remember you showing that. But that's the vibe that I got off of it. The next game, and actually it does look kind of cool. I don't know if you have any interest in it, Saul, but Riverbond was revealed and is a take on classic dungeon crawler games, including Couch Co-op, which is a staple for that, uh, and a 16-bit visual style that allows you to destroy parts of your environment to your advantage, which looks also pretty interesting. The game will feature skins for many beloved indie games, such as Guacamelee, Shovel Knight, Enter the Gungeon, and more. The game okay, releases yeah, this summer. Yeah, I had to look at a picture because I was like, Riverbond sounds familiar. Um, and I, I watched the state of play, and I was like, I couldn't remember what it was, though. Mm -hmm. and yeah, the second you said Enter the Gungeon, I was like, yeah, I know exactly what yeah. you're talking about. It does look fun. Yeah, it does. And I think if it's priced appropriately, which I can't imagine that being $20, more than $20, 20 then it would be fine. maybe 30 at the most. It'd have to be quite a game to for me to make it feel like it's worth 30 But then again, my pricing is so skewed lately with games like Hollow Knight being so chock full of content for a cheaper price than Guacamelee 2. You know what I mean? So it, it is a, a weird better, time. A better game than Guacamelee 2. <laughs> I, you know, I'd say that too. And I love Guacamelee 2. But yeah, Shovel Knight. I mean, Shovel Knight. Uh, Hollow Knight. Uh, definitely well, really games. cool. Uh, see, the next thing up was we got a deeper look at Medieval's remake, showing off more gameplay and taking us through reimagined versions of the classics levels, as well as an October 25th release date, as well as, again, really showing where Sony's exceeding and doing really well with these remake pricings. The game will sell for $29.99. That's great. Yeah. Because one of the things I really appreciate about the way that they chose to do this, so you watch the whole thing, do you yeah. have any interest in Medieval at all? Not really. Uh, I do think they're releasing it at the most perfect time of the year for it. Sure. Six days before Halloween. Yeah. But no, like I don't think I'm going to pick it up. Yeah. I I didn't know if you ever played any of the originals or if you had any a kind bit. of a hearkening to them. Yeah, know? a little bit at uh, my friend's Chase house way back when. It's a series not that... Enough to care, not enough that I care about 
sure enough it's a type of game that i feel like you don't see as much anymore it's got a lot of odd humor to it and stuff like that but it's yeah, also it's... got a weird aesthetic the a series that i always felt like lived up to it at least in spirit to an extent was when the two when the ps2 rolled around and medieval was kind of done until the ps2 the psp remake of the first game happened uh but there was a series called maximo ghost of glory uh There's that a... was uh it feels like it fits into the vibe of that where it's set in an old style thing it's kind of the same type of game where you're moving around and adventuring and it's also got a goofy sense of comedy behind it as well what's the game that is um one of the characters looks like uh well now i'm really blanking the boogeyman from um Nightmare for christmas that looks like oogie boogie from oogie boogie yeah i was like i can't think of his real name well i don't know is it a ps1 game ps2 game i think it was recently remade it was like ten dollars. I don't know about that one. Okay, I'm blanking. Recently remade. Yeah, and the villain like within the past year to two, and the villain looks like Oogie Boogie to an extent. To an extent, yeah. I mean, it might be one of those things where once we actually look at it, I'm like, okay, but yeah, definitely not striking a thing with me. But either way, man, $30 for this is a great price point because you look at what they've done with Shadow of the Colossus remake, which had you know. It was essentially still the same game, but with modern production values, and that was $40. You had the same thing with Ratchet and Clank for $40, and you look at this right here being $29.99, and I think that that's even more fitting because the game tries to hearken back to what made the original, and that is a lot of the camera angles staying the same. Instead of it being a reimagining like Ratchet and Clank or a really high-fidelity remake in the same sense of Shadow of the Colossus, instead this kind of exists in this in-between where it's trying to be a full-on remake and trying to keep everything that made the game what it is for people who do love it, make it look new and pretty, but still use the same camera angles, the same type of gameplay, not really reimagining anything as much as reimagining what the intent of the artist was to make the game. Right. And they actually pulled in, if I'm not mistaken, some of the original artists and stuff. And that way they could look and go, well, what was your idea for that? You know, what was the goal that you had in your mind when you were trying to think of what the world was going to look like on this PS one hardware? And how can we realize that more true to what you thought on PS4 hardware? And I think that's a cool way to go about doing it. A uh, couple more things, though. Uh, the limited edition PS4 Slim for Days of Play event is coming back. They have a new one. Uh, and it was revealed this time in the steel gray color with the PlayStation face buttons etched into the top of the system. With kind of like a brushed look to them. It actually looks really good. And I like that steel gray color a lot. Uh, not that I would be getting a Slim. And, of course, the go-to complaints I know by many that why is it not a pro? Um it is what it is. Cost. I'm curious. I also wonder if it's because they're trying. The PS4 Slim may be a little easier to produce. It may be cheaper to produce. All those things, and then also saving to where you can do. You know, there's going to be a limited edition console for uh, PS4 Pro console for The Last of Us Two. Probably one for Ghost of Tsushima. Probably one for Death Stranding. So when you think about it in that sense, those big three games that are hitting that way, and I say of, of the three, the one that's least likely to get its own console would be Ghost of Tsushima, and I still think it's pretty likely to get its own console. Right. Uh, but in that in that setup, it's like, well, do you really want to overcloud the limited edition pro market when you have a lot of opportunities coming up? Well, you wouldn't necessarily use them with the normal. I thought it was weird that Spider-Man released with a PS4 Pro bundle and a PS4 Slim bundle. Slim bundle, yeah, it was kind of different. Yeah, so that was kind of interesting. That topped it off, though, the final thing they show, and I knew it was going to be it when they said it was going to be a third-party re-reveal, but they topped things off with a new look at Final Fantasy VII Remake, promising more to be shown in June, so like we talked about before, that's presumably going to be at the concert uh, that's happening, uh, and also during E3, probably with a deeper dive. Um 
saw if you had to put a thing on it right now. If you had to say, do you feel like, because they, they've reiterated that it's going to be a multi-part release, like they've said from the get-go. Yep. Part one, as we're going to deem it if at this particular point, do you feel like it releases this year or next? July 24th. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? Yep. That's why I'm calling it. I don't think so, but I will say this. I think that there's a good chance that it releases this year, probably late in the year, kind of similar to what they were originally hoping for with uh, Final Fantasy 15 in the September area, maybe November. But I also think that there's a good chance that what they'll do is do exactly what they did with Kingdom Hearts and give it a January slash February release date and let it take up that same spot early year where it kind of goes. I really hope it's not that far out for episode one. I don't know. Biggest thing is how many episodes is it going to be? They've still not said that. I guess we'll have a better idea when we get to the end of the first part. We'll know, well, how far is this into what the original game was to where we can kind of guess how they're going to break the other ones up. Is that going to be based off of sales? If it sells really well, they're going to try and stretch it into three games so they can make that much money off of each game. Very similar to what we saw happen with The Hobbit <laughs> becoming three movies. Please no. Yeah. Um, who knows? Terrible movies. We'll see what happens. But uh, moving on, though, outside of the Days of Play events, Ubisoft revealed a new Ghost Recon, I think the same day, ironically. After some light teasing, the new game titled Breakpoint seeks to build on what players loved about Wildlands, as well as adding in some survival elements, such as eating and drinking to keep health and stamina stable, alongside alongside weapons maintenance to keep your guns from jamming and keeping accuracy. Very similar to what they did with Red Dead 2 where your guns would get dirty in real time and you'd have to clean them to make sure they stayed accurate and you know didn't mess up on you as often. Uh, other additions come in the form of dynamic weather, terrain that affects your movement speed as well as giving you the chance to hurt yourself on it if it's rough enough terrain. Uh, the ability to leave camp at any time of day and pastime on it so that you can benefit from the night if wanted. That way you can actually use the, uh, the night to your advantage uh, for a more stealthy approach. This is, there's more info that was shown. So if you're interested, go check it out. And there's a full reveal that you can see. And they also expect to see more at E3. The game comes out October 4th. So if you're already sold on it, there you go. Uh, Death's Gambit the 2D pixel art take on the Dark Souls formula that me and Saul both played and praised last year, despite some light problems, will be available physically starting June 25th via a partnership with Skybound Games. Though no price point has been set, I would expect $30. The game was 20 new when it came out digitally and still 20 digitally. Typically, when they do these limited run kind of physical releases, they'll up the price a little bit to make it worth it for them. $30 seems like a fair enough point. Yeah, I think $30 is a fine, and I fine think that's price for that game. It's a, a good, good price for the game, yeah. Uh, also, I because I haven't played it since launch when I beat it, apparently they've fixed all the problems we had. They added the ability to cancel frames, uh, frame animations, so that mid-thing, if you wanted to stop a move because you knew that you needed to dodge, you in the original game, you had to finish your animation to dodge. They kind of made it a little more forgiving. That's actually pretty cool. I like that. And there's some other things they did as well, so that's pretty cool. If you haven't played it yet, I do think that Saul and I would both really recommend it. it. So um, check it out if that sounds like your take. Good game to get in for speedrunning, too. Sure. And I also say that we did a a Let's Play on it, ironically enough, or streamed streamed it. Um, But, you know, I would say that of all of the ideas that everyone wants to do on the 2D take on the Souls formula, this is definitely the best. And it still stands on its own a lot of Miles areas. ahead of Salt and Sanctuary. Miles ahead. And I enjoyed Salt and Sanctuary, but this is miles ahead. Uh, and it just also felt a little more original for some reason. Who knows why? Um, let's see. Movie series John Wick is making its way to consoles via John Wick Hex. 
The game will feature an original story alongside its action-oriented strategy gameplay and features noir-style graphics. Some of the movie's actors will be reprising their roles, such as Lance Reddick, who you can hear in the trailer. Um, Though right now it's unclear if Keanu Reeves will be reprising his role and be involved with it. The game is being developed by Bithel Games. The developer behind Thomas Was Alone and Volume. And I'd say if you look at everything that's going on, it looks like its gameplay is very tied close into Volumes stylistically. Yeah. But a little more action. Those are really good movies. Yeah. And I suggest you check all the movies out and then maybe play the game. Yep, no release window was given, but I assume with the movie coming out like tomorrow or the 15th, I think, I can't even remember, uh, the movie's pretty close to coming out if not already out for the third one, so it's probably going to hit this year to buy into that and uh, help it out. Next thing up, though, Path of Exile, Sean's favorite game. The free-to-play action RPG that recently made its way to PS4 will be receiving a new expansion that is set to be announced on May 21st, so if that has any interest to you, be there, check that out. We'll also try and bring it back up on here once we know what it is. Uh, next thing up, Code Vein, the delayed anime take on the Souls formula, while we were talking about that earlier, is still coming with the publisher announcing a network test for consoles this month, and players who sign up should be getting an email that there's not a solid date from everything I've seen, but if you're getting an email to go through with it here in the next week or so, there you go. Get a chance to play the game, try it out, and I'd say that even though right now the release date's still unknown, and this was originally supposed to release last year. Uh, the fact that they're doing a network test, I would suggest that it's probably pretty close, if not really close. I, I would say I within agree. a month, you know, give them time to make sure the online stuff works adequately. Uh, and then we've seen them do this before. We saw Bandai Namco do the same thing with, um, what is that fighting game series called? And why am I soul caliber? Yeah. Um, I was like the what? exact same thing. And then they call it alive. And that is not Bandai Namco. That is not, by the way, it was Grim Fandango. Grim Fandango. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't really look like Oogie Boogie like now, but when I was a kid, I, I get, I get what you're saying though. Yeah. And the art style is somewhat reminiscent of, no, I don't want to say really, that, no. but there's things where <laughs> when you're see, younger, you can, they're mix, odd. Like, yeah, it looks similar. Yeah. Right? It, it's similar. It's appeasing, I guess, to compare them. <laughs> All right. uh, okay. A few sense. more things here. Despite some rocky reviews, Days Gone has seemed to be quite the seller, taking the number one spot in most countries for the past few weeks uh, uh, and going as far as to knock a bunch of other games off of the sales, like, you know, overtaking them in sales uh, completely in UK being games like The Division 2, stuff like that. So that's pretty big for them. But it seems to have really struck a chord with Japanese gamers, and this is all going to be in context, but the game has become the third highest debut of a Western developed exclusive, selling 114,319 units in the first two days. Now, to put that in perspective, because I realize that doesn't sound like a lot, Japan is a lot smaller. Uh, and if you look at this situation, to put it in perspective, God of War only sold 46,091 copies at debut, and Horizon Zero Dawn sold 116,997. So, ga game seems to be doing really well. And actually, I've heard for the most part, after update 1.05, and then now we're on 1.07, uh, most people seem to be having the game work well enough for them that it's fine. Uh, I do think, this is one of those situations where I wonder how much different the word of mouth around this game would be across the board because it's really good across the board in terms of people who are playing the game most people are like wow the game continues to get better uh, and that's kind of weird right that's like, why i'm still iffy about buying it it's like I, i'm i'm to the point now like where i wouldn't mind playing it but i'm not gonna take the, the risk the way that it's i would so different it's ten dollars off i think right now actually weirdly enough but not that that's enough for you but uh, i would probably pay 40 for it no what's problem. interesting about it is it's one of those games where because of what it's trying to do with its story 
you end up having a first story arc. You know, the, the first bit of it is it's fun and it's good and gameplay thing, but it the first like ten hours It's just repetitive. No, not repetitive, but it just feels like you're like a big tutorial in a weird sense of like you don't feel like you're the game is completely set in motion just yet. And maybe that's a little bit too long because I'm trying to frame it with what I did, but I did a lot of side content early on. But it's like still those first early hours feel very different. Now, it's it's faster paced than Red Dead, I would say, because um, Red Dead was really slow from Red Dead was all the way through slow, into yeah. chapter three. Uh, but this one is still pretty similar in the fact that it starts slow and you don't really know why you're supposed to care about the characters or like the characters kind of similar to red dead where I don't feel like Arthur was necessarily an amazing character in that first couple of acts. It's establishing him and understanding why he is the way he is and then letting him redeem himself in some ways. Um, or at least giving you ground where you like him. I think days gone does a really good job of that. Uh, and once it's like, it's a hard switch where once you start liking Deacon and understanding and really understanding why he is the way he is, it's like it, the game clicks and just moves, and it, it does so well past that. Um, I do think you'll enjoy it's interesting it. Interesting because, like but that's the word of mouth around it. That's Fifty what I hours mean. for a platinum, right? Um, yeah, maybe a little bit longer. I, I don't know because I mean, I, right now I'd say I'd probably played the game sixty hours, and I'm right at the cusp of a platinum. But I've also you, all, you probably did a lot of like stuff you really didn't have to do. Like you can yeah. take your time down. And I actually appreciate the platinum list. You know, you don't have to have every uh, collectible. That's kind of cool. You have, to, you have to find 75% of them. That's a pretty good That's that, medium. I always like ground, that. You know? so, but either way, I do think you'll like it, but I'm curious as to what the word of mouth would have been around it, critically speaking, uh, you know, with the bigger publications, had it come out and people would have reviewed it off of the build that we're playing now. Doesn't mean it's perfect. Still get some frame rate drops here and there. Had some weird issues where the ground just completely disappeared. Only once, thankfully, and most people I've talked to have not had that problem. So it's not too bad. Uh, but it does make you wonder because it seems like a lot of the develop, a lot of the reviewers were playing a build of the game that had far more moments that were like my worst moments than what my better moments were. It's like I honestly do feel like, and this is something Kiki has been talking about as well. I think a lot of the reviews, regardless of whether they intended to or not, were reviewed without beating the game because the game was too frustrating to beat in that current state. I mean, yeah, but... But it's, it's not like that kinda, now. Yeah, it's hard to review it, though. Exactly. broken. So, you know, I, I know some people are saying, well, they shouldn't have reviewed a game when it's when they didn't get to finish it, but it's also hard to finish a game that's constantly fighting you. Yeah. So I, you do, at some point, just have to go, well, I have to review the game, and because the game fought me all this time, this is what I have to say about it, and everything I can say about it, it's only going to be in this part. And the crazy part is, is that that person probably wanted to give the game a zero because they couldn't complete it, and then they would have gotten crucified on the internet because of it. Yeah, yeah, who knows? And that's that's also the weird thing about review codes, you know? It's like, how can a game be so much different after the 1.03 was there the has, first patch? There has to be a lot. The day, the day one patch for consumers right. was the patch that made the game actually playable. Right. But most reviews were already up there. You know, right. they were I, already I, done. I feel like that every review that published reflected that. And we'll get a, a good chunk of them did. Yeah, but it's also hard to ask a reviewer to go back and re-review a game. Of course. They're, they're, it's like, they're, their job is playing games to review. Like, they're in the middle of playing a game when you ask them to go do that. To re-review. To it's like, yeah. well, I'm already done with that game. No, so Yeah, I'm not No, I'm not spending 120 hours. Uh, well, not 120, but like 80 hours, I would say, to finish Total, this game. just to yeah. try and re-beat it. Just to, just to up the review score because it should be justified. If yeah. I'm playing a game and it's broken, well, you shouldn't have, especially a game that's been delayed this much. Exactly. You, you and my hope would be, code should be fixed. Yeah. My hope would be that with the fact that, cause this was game made 
it's really an amazing game in the sense of it reminds me so much of some of the things that Far Cry does, but it does some of them better and are some of them on par. But this is also made with a team that at its largest was probably 150 developers when you're looking at something you like take Far that Cry. Account, right, but yeah, it's, and it's while Far Cry is made by 500 plus developers, and it's kind of amazing. What I would hope is that for everything that they actually did overcome, the, and the game selling as well as it did, I hope that they do exactly what they've been doing with Guerrilla, pump the studio up, build it up, since we know that there's a reason for them to do that based off of sales, and let us hit a sequel, however they want to do it, be it with the same characters or whatever they decide they want to do, um, hit a sequel and really show us from day one every problem that you had, gone. Every other thing evolved on in a great way. Like, I expect Horizon two, whatever that ends up being horizon zero dawn two. I expect that to be so much better than horizon and a horizon was already a really good game. Yeah. Even with its flaws. So, you know, if you can do that same thing here, which is, this is also ended up being a really good game with a little bit more technical issues. If you can get all that done and hit me with a, with a sequel that just blows all of this out of the water, it's going to be a cool redemption story. I you agree. know, all right, couple more things, and then we'll move along. In the U.S., a senator is introducing legislation that would serve to ban loot boxes and pay-to-win microtransactions in games, quote, played by minors, end quote. Titled the Protecting Children from Abusive Games Act, it seeks to stop the publishers from being able to include easily accessible and abusable microtransactions for kids that they say can lead to addiction, they state the developers who knowingly exploit children should face legal consequences. Now, this is a really interesting thing, and it's been a really interesting talk since it's actually been introduced and seeing where everybody lands on the side of it. I don't think I've seen anybody solely rest on the side of it's an entirely bad idea, but what I've seen is what I expected. One group of people saying it's about time that somebody does something to force the developers from being able to not being able to do this so easily. And then the other side of people going, despite that that's an issue, is it good to let the legal side of things start getting into our games? Because what repercussions could that have? Right. So where do you a land can of on worms. it? It not only triggers my biggest pet peeve in the world, uh, or one of them, but it also is one of those scary things that when they start regulating games, things can be taken out of control. Like what's going on with the internet and data caps and all kinds of dumb things. Who knows? You may only in the future get to play your Xbox or PS4 or whatever it is by then for two hours a day. And they cap you, so that, that yeah, and ever that's obviously that. a crazy, weird right. example. But it's but what you're saying is that's a potential. It gives them the power to do that if they wanted. So it's a very weird thing. However, or it gives them the precedent to eventually right. come to that. Yeah, point. It, yeah. It, well, I mean, I'm saying if you, if you give them a couple of if you give them a couple of inches, they're going to take a mile. And of course, that doesn't make sense in a video game because they want you to play games for longer, anyways. The companies do. Sure. Um, but and I, it would really hurt business. Right, Overall, and I do yeah. feel that this takes one of the biggest, like I said, pet peeves of mine and blows it completely out of the water because they're trying to frame this among the games and the developers when they should be framing this among the parents not taking accountability for their kids. And you know if what's you funny? are a responsible adult, do not let your kid have access to a console with a credit card attached to it without a password or teach your kid not to spend your money on loot boxes without asking. 
Yeah. That's how you solve this problem. But you won't. You're the same person that buys your kid M-rated games because you're so out of loop in gaming, you don't know what you're buying your kid. Yeah. And that's a debate for another day. It's the whole wanting to have your cake and eat it too thing. Right, yeah. Right? Have the cake and buying your kid a game that they probably shouldn't be playing anyway, just so that you can get them out of your hair. Right. And then also giving them your credit card information so they can buy this $1 thing to get them out of your hair. And then not be, and then being surprised when a kid who's probably, and that's one thing that's interesting about this, about addiction. It's like, yeah, yeah, this probably is a kid who's either been bullied or, or who's either been bullied at school saying, well, you don't have this. And he's like, and he's just in his room like, I'm going to keep doing this $1 loot box until I get this item so I can finally tell these kids you feel school, gratification. I have this item. Yeah, and, and if it's not that, then you have the gambling part where it's like, That's wait. the thing is that it's a lose-lose situation for the kid too because guess what? If he can't buy the loot box, he gets bullied at school because he doesn't have the coolest thing. And like it's a it's an ongoing problem that there is no solving. And for the record, I don't think that any kind of game causes violence or mental issues in kids who already don't have those. I think that if you are a person with mental deep mental illnesses and something like this could affect your psyche, that's a one problem that's a completely different topic. It's that the game is more able to feed into something that you already have a tendency towards. So if right. you if you have an addictive personality, which plenty of people do, you know, I think or, you know, if, then if, yeah, this allows you the ability to easily do it. But all games do that. Even right. if you want even if you want to say free of money, there's a lot of games that go, well it's about you being addicted to playing Sorry. it. Even if it's like an in game lotto that has no real money. It's like you earn in game credits and then do it. It's still a thing where it's like, I just want to see what I can get. Right. And I don't, I don't have problems with loot boxes either. Like that's the other side of this coin of this story is that I don't think that they're necessarily uh, predatory for adults. But the problem is, is that the way that this bill is is worded and, and how they want to regulate it is that no matter what you do, you're not going to get kids from buying Grand Theft Auto and Call of Duty and all those other M-rated games. Their parents are going to buy them anyways. They're going to be in the game regardless. The only thing that this is, this is a catch-22. It's all it is. And that's the problem with this. And I think that we are... Um, looking into this for the wrong reasons, and I don't think that um, putting blame at the developers or whatever for doing this for predatory for the kids. Well, it. Well, I also think it's another thing. Where, right? Where's the accountability for the parents? Yeah, and that's and the my other biggest thing. thing. Is by using the terminology "developers" so loosely, I don't think a lot of the time this comes down to specifically the developers. When it often comes down to specifically the publisher. Publisher, and you that's know. the thing is that a lot of these people who and are trying to write these bills. A lot of them, I'm not going to say all of them, but a lot of them don't know a thing about the video game world. Yeah, I don't know who this who the senator is. I don't, I don't know either. how so much he knows say, about it either. Yeah, I'm not yeah. trying to say he is. He doesn't know anything but about video games. But I'm just saying that a lot of the times, adults uh, way up in government and stuff try to think of things for video games, and they're, they not don't even know what they're doing. Let's go to something else that we know they've done, partially video games. Right? A recent example of that is people who, anybody in the, in the U.S. or maybe even Canada, if you pay attention to us for some reason, or anybody who pays attention, I don't know if anybody saw the Facebook hearings and everything that were going on, but it was just a bunch of old people who had no clue how Facebook worked asking a bunch of questions that were obvious answers. And it was so funny. A lot of people made fun of um, old dude Zuckerberg because of the way he was looking and responding. And it was weird, but he was also having to answer questions that most people know if you understand anything about technology at all. But you have these older people who are really disconnected from what's going on in the modern day society of people who are in the age group of, you know, 10 to what do you want what, and even younger if you want to say 8 to 40 I would you know say what I mean yeah, around 40 8 to 50 I mean really there's a lot of people that that because they've given themselves the ability to take that kind of plunge they say that they go okay well I want to learn how to use Facebook because I want to use Facebook so I'm going to do it but then you have these old senators who have no clue what's going on be like well can you or can't you so, but that's exactly Saul's example is that you have people who are out of touch with what they're trying to affect 
And that doesn't make sense. It's like you should not be trying to affect things that you don't have an actual grasp on. Right. And I just think it's like that's all to leave the conversation for me, at least because it's uh, can of worms. I'm with you, though. I think there's so this many is, sides and edges to the story. I, I do see that. I, I do get the reason that people are wanting to be like, yes, stop developers from being able to do this. But the issue, at least that this bill specifically proposes, is not a, something that needs to be handled from a legal measure as much as it needs to be handled from a societal measure. This needs to be something that I agree with Saul right now. Based off of all the information I've seen, I think this does clearly fall down on a lack of solid parenting. And, where, whatever, and it doesn't mean that they're a bad parent for it necessarily. But it's definitely something that they need no, to change around, and but they're not being held accountable for it. That's exactly. The problem. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't I, like I don't think like if the blame is being tossed in the wrong direction. Right. I know it's kind of hypocritical coming from me who doesn't have a kid, but if I had a kid who had access to anything that mm-hmm. had my credit card on it, first of all, you're gonna need a password to use it. You're gonna need. I get text for every time I swap my card, so like I'm gonna know that you just used my credit card, and then B, you're gonna get the grounding of your life. And you're probably going to get banned from whatever service you just bought that on because I'm going to charge it back. And, like, that's your punishment. And that's the thing is that, like, but people every day, like, kids just go on Xbox or PS4 and buy Fortnite skins or V-Bucks or yep. whatever without their parents' permission. And, obviously, Fortnite's the biggest game I think this would be Which is at. coincidental, not yeah. M-rated. Yeah. So, so this is actually a game. But then the way he also did it, it's a very broad term. He just said kids. And he also went as far as to say that by kids who are 18 or under. Well, that's mature. In in the United States, you only have to be 17 to buy mature games on your own. So that means that mature games would also be subject to this. That's why it becomes an issue of, and I'm not saying, again, that, I mean, in the end result of this and saying that you don't want people to be able to do pay-to-win stuff, yeah, that's a nice thing, but the way that you're getting there is not right. Right. Or in my opinion. It's so. just, yeah, it's a mess. Two more things, and then we will move along. As part of its earnings call, EA revealed that the new Need for Speed game set to release this year will again go back, and they've said this a million times, but who knows? We'll see. At E3, I assume, when they announce it. Uh, the game will go back towards the cops versus racer roots of the series. Uh, that's exactly what we heard with 2016's, or sorry, 2015's Need for Speed, which was a fine game in its own. I actually really enjoyed it. I enjoyed Payback, but Payback had, was nothing to do with realistically cops versus street racers. I was going to say, is the is that really the roots of the series? It's not, really? Yeah, it is. Underground? No, no, but street racing has always been a thing. It's just been fancy cars on roads you're not supposed to and cops. Was there cops chasing you in Underground 1 or 2? Yeah, there was an Underground 1 and 2. There were cops. Were they chasing And now that's Underground. Stuff. Yeah. I don't remember that at all. But that goes all the way back as far as, and here, I'll show you. See, I thought that started Need with for the... Need Speed uh, 2 Hot Pursuit. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I thought that started this with This is Pursuit. a PS2 game. PS1 game. I'm sorry. Um, or a PS2 game. One of the I'll two. I'll say it's not a PS1 game. I think it was on PS1 still. Was it? Pretty sure. Let's go real quick and check. I did not think this the, that this series surpasses or, or predates okay. the PS2. Uh, so it was a very early PS2 game, but it was a sequel to Need for Speed 3 Hot Pursuit is what it was. This was Need for Speed Hot Pursuit 2. Need for Speed 3 Hot Pursuit was on the this PS1 in 98. so much older than I thought it was. It's very old. Uh, so, but I that, thought this game premiered on PS2 with Underground. Well, not Underground. I knew that there was one before Underground. Underground was its explosion. Yes. Underground is when I've, of course, played it. So yeah. like, that's where I found out about it. Yeah, it's definitely when it came in. The, the series has been around since 94. Well, you learn something new every day. I did not know that either. Yeah. So, yeah. 
You learn something new every single day. So we'll see. This is a lot like when you're listening to bands and they've been around for 20 years and they're like, this next album's going to really go back to our roots. And they always name back the album that people love by them. So, of course, and like, it never goes back to an example, roots. Slipknot's new album. They're like, oh, yeah, we're, gonna, we're going back and kind of doing Iowa. That's and who knows? It might. I'm yeah. not going to say anything until it happens, but. People really want to live on them glory days. All right, last thing up, two new PSVR bundles are hitting stores this month for anybody who has been waiting for a good bundle to hop in. With one bundle consisting of the headset, two move controllers, the camera, Blood and Truth, which is a new game coming out, in a physical copy of that, and Everybody's Golf VR in a digital voucher for $349.99. The other bundle includes the headset, camera, and digital vouchers for Trover Saves the Universe, which is a new Crows, Crows, Crows game, um, and that's playable VR or non-VR, and Five Nights at Freddy's Help Wanted, which is a new, uh, I think it's kind of like a remake of all of them together with VR support, and that one's two ninety nine ninety nine. If you had to get my interpretation of this, the better deal would be the one that includes two move controllers and the uh, Blood and Truth, which is a full-on game for this, as well as Everybody's Golf VR. That seems like a better hit. To me, if you want to spend 50 more dollars and get a lot more, because the move controllers are useful in a lot of games. So that is it. And I guess that now takes us into the main topic that we are doing, which is uh, E3 games. Now, this is not going to necessarily be E3 predictions. And I've been really thinking, I haven't had a chance it's to talk Star too much this week. I don't think, I don't know that I even want to do an E3 predictions video this year. I don't, because uh, first of all, Sony won't really be there. This is kind of more so, that almost this video will act upon it in a way. Because yeah. we're going to predict what we see there, we're going to say what we want to see there. Some of the things that we know will be there that I'm excited to see, I want to talk about. Some of the things that I hope are announced, I want to talk about. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and just it, so it, people know that this is not exactly like we are a playstation podcast and a lot of these games are going to be played on playstation but we're going to have to be referencing the xbox the square the bethesda these conferences because, because they're going PlayStation to be... won't have one so yeah. these are this is not really going to contain a lot of playstation uh, uh exclusives in this talk this is more multi, uh, third part or not yeah third party or second party games or second party because this could be multi-platform but i don't know where third party came from yeah that works uh so multi-platform works too so uh, but um yeah i think this would kind of be it covers things like when square came out with the near automata thing and near automata was a console exclusive uh for ps4 for a long time um so and that was a ps4 by nature so yeah you know it's like playstation will be there just be by nature of what they are uh, and being the biggest platform all the third parties will talk about them ubisoft ea everybody activision we'll see all that um so so i really i really think we're gonna see some cool stuff out of potentially metro exodus a trailer from that maybe a cyberpunk trailer <laughs> Uh, there's a rumor there's a new Dying Light in thing. I'm going to predict we're going to see that. Are what we, we need to do... We need to are do we a, predicting E3 2018 now? 2018, yeah. <laughs> what we need to do... That's the easiest way to do it. We need to do an episode where like, we record it now, but we release it way in the future. And we just try to guess things. Like, yeah, dude, the PS5, I can't, I can't believe it sets fire. And just have it like... Rooster Teeth did that in a podcast, like where they record, they pre-recorded episode like 300 or something, and then they aired it, and then people are like, well, the, why are they at the old set? And then they're talking about it, and they're talking about like things that they think is going to be out in the future, but it's not. And it's just like, what are they talking about? They're talking about spaceships and stuff. Like, what is going on? Yeah. So that'd be fun. But well, who knows? We might end up doing that. But before we move anywhere further, it just makes me think of we got South Park, out. Captain Hindsight. I don't know if you ever saw those episodes, but it's like the guy yeah. who exists be like, well, you should have done this. It's like, thanks, Captain Hindsight. Hindsight yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, what we're going to go ahead and do is head over and plop into Park, the it? community's take question, probably season 12, 12? 13. Yeah. Um, Maybe, maybe later than that. It's been a long time since I've 
I have, I'm not up to date with the newest season because I'm just very behind. I need to watch it. I got Hulu. I can do it. All right. The community state question, which we put out, uh, you know, last week for everybody was with E3 about a month away, what games are you most excited to see, regardless of whether it's already been announced to be there or you just hope to see it there? So what's great about this is that I think what we'll do is kind of inter- organically interweave some of the things that we want to talk about into this. So the topic at, at large will be interweaved with the community's take, and it's just going to be a, a full thing. Um, so I'm going to start off, and then we'll kind of just branch out. If there's things that someone brings up that we're also excited for, we'll branch out and discuss them. Makes so sense. Uh, we'll start things off with Mr. Gideon on gaming. Mr. Gid, as he has his Twitter at, he says, I think I'm most excited for part three of No Man's Sky Beyond. Now, I'm with him. Now, not most excited, but I'm. it's one of those things where because of the fact that it's partially something you know, which is No Man's Sky, and we know two of the three puzzle pieces right now. Right, for the ARG. Mm-hmm. The third one is the thing that gets really weird because it's like, well, what's the third one going to be? It's like... Because we know two of the three aspects, it's almost like my excitement is built towards that because it's a product I already know that I like and enjoy. It's a product that I know I'll go back to. The other two things already have me excited for anybody who doesn't remember. That is No Man's Sky Online and No Man's Sky VR. So those are the first two parts of the um, No Man's Sky Beyond update. The third part is up for grabs for anybody. You know, so It's going to be a, uh, I'm going to call it. Go ahead could be underwater expeditions like with a full-on underwater ecosystems on each planet with their own sea creatures and sea caverns and it's gonna be subnautica like i really like that would actually not be a bad idea i would go back to that for like a subnautica style like horror experience almost Mm -hmm. just different planets have different alien beings underwater and stuff i continue to rest on my hope and part of that comes in from the fact that i think part one of no man's sky beyond makes this possible finally right so no Man's Sky Next, which was the one that introduced uh, online play to an extent, but you could have four players in the same thing. The problem with four players in the same thing is it's not wide enough to do my big dream for No Man's Sky that I've it talked about on the show. I've talked about it on Twitter with people. I've talked to Gideon about it specifically. Um, but this goes back into, I think that No Man's Sky Online, the great part about it is that it introduces the ability to do what I've always wanted from the series, which is to introduce a job system that makes sense within the game's confines. Bounty hunter, miner. So one thing that we've talked about since the game came out would be, wouldn't it be awesome if one day there can be a trader, essentially? That's, yeah, that's what I always bring up, is you, there can be a trader um, there can, who just essentially has his ship and goes and flies around and carries big cargo, so you have the freighters in the game. Uh, so you can be a freighter, essentially a freighter captain. Have your freighter where you actually load it up with precious materials that you buy or mine yourself and cost a lot of money. And then the idea is for you to travel to another system, to another planet specifically, where those things go for a higher rate so that you can sell them as a commodity there at a higher rate. And by successfully doing so, you end up getting a lot of money out of it. Now, the way that that this is very much based off of a game that I'm now referencing three episodes in a row, Silk Road Online, but it's a great system, and I think it makes sense by moving it into space. The way that Silk Road Online worked would be that there would be a trader who would mount up their big, you'd, you'd get essentially a big camel mount or a bull mount that have a bunch of satchels. You'd buy a bunch of items from one of the game's major cities, and then what you'd have to do is you'd have to travel, couldn't fast travel at all, you'd have to travel all the way through to the other city on foot, and when you got to the other city, because it wasn't a normal item for that city, it was considered a commodity, and you'd sell it and make money. So you would probably not be able to space jump, but you'd be able to just fly your ship there. Exactly. Yeah, that'd be cool. 
cool. So that'd be the way it'd work out. And the way that that ends up happening, the way that they make it work, is that during the traveling, what can happen is, of course, a thief, or in this situation, we'll call them pirates. Yeah, space pirates. Um, so space pirates, and we can, and this would be really fun for co-op if you think about that. So me and Saul all log on and we say, okay, me, you, Blaze, and somebody else, right? Four of us all get together. We're going to be space pirates. We're going to go out in space and look for people who are doing these runs, right? And what we're going to do is all team up and we're going to make sure that we attack this freighter, blow it up. And that's how we're going to get money because then we take those goods and take them to a fence and then the fence gives us money for them, right? So, again, there's a risk-reward thing for all across the board. Now, the third leg of that and how it comes in uh, is that there would be somebody in Silk Road. It's the trader, the hunter, and the thief. The hunter acts as a protector for the trader. So what would happen is whoever's doing the freight would hire either one or multiple groups of people to essentially be uh, protectors for them. And what would happen is they'd fly alongside the freighter, and then if any pirates were to attack like we would be, uh, then they would be fighting us, and we would be what would be in between them. So, again, risk-reward. So for Saul and I and our whole group that are pirates, we would have to take out the protectors as well as get through the ship's defenses. Yeah, that would be really cool. And see, that would create the— Being able to steal materials and weapons. It would make a, a, a use for the economy, because right now the game has an economy, but it's not really that important. Right, so it'd make it use for the economy. It'd make it online, global scale. You'd have to where you're already online with a sect of people. Now, of course, it'd be like any other online game where there's instances, uh, but that's how it'd work. And whenever you, it, much like what happens in Silk Road, is you'd have to put on an item. So if you wanted to be the thief, you'd have to put on the, the thief's clothing. And if you wanted to be a trader, you'd have to put on the trading clothing and you'd do your mount. And that's what made it to where people could attack you. Outside of that, if you're just walking, they can't attack you. So it's like you it's have like, to buy like things. It's like items. That you Exactly. Yeah. So that's how you do it. We we get in our ships and we say, well, we're going to be pirates. Now, to introduce the ability for people to screw us up, it would be, okay, we're going to put these things on. Uh, we'll mark our ships as pirate ships by putting something on them that you have to equip to your ship. Uh, and then the other people who are hunters or whatever, the protectors, would equip an item to their ship, which would show that they were protectors. That'd be kind of cool. So it's and, almost and, like what they did in Destiny 2 with the Gambit stuff. Like kind you, of, you glow colors. And like kind of, you see a, that specific kind of ship and you're like, I better run. That's a pirate ship. Exactly. Yeah, that'd be fun. So that's my hope for it. And we'll see what that ends up being. Uh, I, I also like the idea of Subnautica, though. Bring back, yeah, bring, I say bring back. It was never in the game. But bring, I mean, kind of, but underwater exploration. Yeah. It's in the game. It was intended shallow. to be in the game. And then it wasn't for a long time. And then it came back in the game, but shallowly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Shallow. <laughs> You like my pun there? I do. All right, let's see. Uh, Mr. Derek, a patron, thank you, good sir, says more game footage and an actual release date for the Final Fantasy VII Remake. 100% agree. Well, guess what, buddy? You already got part of that. July 24th. And we also know <laughs> and we also know that we're going to see more of the game come June. Uh, so you're going to see something. Um, you're going to see game footage for sure. Actual release date, I'm still curious on, but yeah. I think that they will. I what, think they will. I said this from the get-go. The way that Square has always done is they want their major game to get out of the way before they do anything else. They did this with 15. They did not want to talk about when it got to time for 15 to go into its shining mode and be the one game they're talking about. They went radio silent on Kingdom Hearts 3 until after 15 came out. Then we started hearing about Kingdom Hearts 3 again about six months later. This is exactly what they're doing here. They went radio silent on 7, let Kingdom Hearts 3 come out, nothing steals its thunder. Bam, six months later, or roughly six months later, bunch of information and potentially even a release date. But that's also why I think because Tetsuya Nomura just moved over back into full-time right. on that game, uh, though he was kind of straddling the both, 
that's part of why I think this game part one could be this year, late or maybe early next year into the Kingdom Hearts spot where it would essentially be like releasing the game a full year later. I could see that. I just don't want it. Uh, I don't. I, I don't necessarily want it either. But I, it may be for the best of the game to make sure that it gets everything in, gives it time that it needs. But it, and it also may make more sense for the company. But either way, it comes down to it, regardless of which of those two areas that it releases in, be it Q4 of, of this year or Q1 of next year, that's still in this fiscal year for for Square. And yeah. a couple episodes back, we talked about Square saying that it had a big game that was going to hit this fiscal year. So it seems very likely that part one releases now. Or, you yeah. know, releases within this fiscal year. July 24th. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, like, for those that don't know, we will be streaming still the major, uh, or, well, that's what I'm about to ask you on stream. Are, did, are you taking your vacation for E3? I haven't talked to Jill, but I shouldn't, it shouldn't be an issue. Okay, cool, because what we're planning on is, uh, and we were just talking about that before the show, we were like, well, we can't do Nintendo, and we can't do Nintendo, so uh, we still plan on, on streaming our live feed and reactions to both, all of them, if, if we can get it, for sure, for certain, Bethesda and Xbox, uh, and then now Square, because Square moved into Sony slot. Good. At 6 p.m. on, well... 8 p.m. Yeah, our, our yeah, time. Our yes. time um, on Monday. So they, they took uh, Sony's out, which is good. Okay. Because I think they did theirs at like 1 p.m. last year. I think it was the next day, too, or was it the same day as Sony's? I can't remember. It's the same day as Sony's, if I remember correctly. Well, that's cool. I'm glad that they moved back there. But I also am curious to see what Square does with their E3. They're kind of... They have to be, it has to be about 587, or majority of, and then maybe some unreleased stuff. Like, is that is this here the Nier Automata sequel and or the remake of the original? Uh, hopefully. Let's, I hope. I hope so, too. That's one of our hopes. Yeah, that that is definitely one of my hopes, to see Nier get to continue in some form or fashion, considering how well Automata did. I don't care if it's a brand new full-on sequel, well, or if it's a it. remake for the very lesser played. The only, here's my reasoning as to why I think it's possible we see a Nier either remaster or remake. Automata did so good that there became a demand for the original Nier in the UK to a point where that people were having problems finding it, so Square went as far as to reprint again. On PS3, midway through the PS4's generation of a game that was a failure in its own generation because of the love that Automata got. It's crazy so this how much would be the time. Fix. Yeah, fix things. This would be the time to do that. Liam says AC Vikings and, of course, Final Fantasy VII. Got Final Fantasy VII covered. Now, here's the only thing about AC Vikings, because I know a lot of people are going to say it. I don't think we see it this year. The one reason if is... Vikings, I will probably buy it. I like Viking stuff, and if it's too similar to Odyssey, I didn't play Odyssey. So Odyssey I was that fun enough, but not enough for me to spend. I, okay, I spent twenty seven dollars on it, so I'm fine. But if I would have spent sixty dollars on uh, it, yeah, I could see it, that. it became too repetitive. Well, yeah, and it also had the grind problem. Yeah, the grind. Well, that was why it became repetitive. Is the grind? Yeah, that's true. It was like if the grind was not a problem, if the game would have continued to feed me interesting parts of the story, but instead it kept trying to put those behind walls where I, I'd have to play for an extended period, getting no real story information that mattered to the main story, and it's like that starts to wear on you. And that's just my own personal experience, but I do hope to see. The other thing would be that this is most likely the team that did Origins, and Origins, I did not have that problem in at all. Good, because so, I, I would actually look forward to a Viking game. Like, that's yeah. really good. Um, on the same page as Final Fantasy VII, though, Oyashi Lover says any RPG. Yeah. So, and I'm actually, you know what? I am really craving a turn-based uh, uh, Switch game, like really, really bad. So anything Nintendo can announce for that. And I know Fire Emblem's coming out soon, which is... What do you think the chances are... RTS. What do you think the chances are that we see uh, Project Octopath come to PS4? 
Uh, and announced during Square's E3. I would E3. say like 40 to 50%. I think so too because it's already on PC now. Yeah, it's on PC now. And I do I do think that if it that would, would have given it about a year exclusivity. I, I, I recommend anybody play that game, by the way. If that ever comes to PS4, that is a must-have for any fan of Final Fantasy, old school Final Fantasy Sure, games. yeah. 100%. So that very well might be something you see, Oyaji lover. We'll see. Yeah. That's an RPG. Now, I don't know if you want to go right. action or not, but you're already getting a little bit of that with Final Fantasy VII. And we have Astral so. Chain, which is more of a JRPG, if I had to guess. From everything that it looks like, it's, it's an action JRPG. Yeah, so... And made by um, the director on it, if I'm not mistaken, is one of the head designers of Nier Automata. Platinum. Or from Platinum, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Uh, let's see. Mr. Wigfield78 says a new Ratchet and Clank or Jack and Daxter, but that never happened. So The Last of Us Part 2 playable demo is what he wants. One thing I'll see is that, one thing I'll say is that, of course, we're not going to get The Last of Us Part 2, sadly, because Sony's not there in any capacity, not even on the show floor. Um, now, what we might see is post E3, be it in June still, late June, or maybe even July, we might get a, a state of play that finally gives us a release date for I the last guess, of us part I would two. Guess, like I said earlier, like June. It's going to be when we hear about that. We'll see. We will see. But as far as a new Ratchet and Clank or Jack and Daxter, sadly, those are still all exclusive. So the chances of them being revealed at E3 specifically are low. But I do think that there's a good chance that we get another Ratchet and Clank. I already thought that because the game did so well. Insomniac has multiple teams that could have easily been working on a secondary one. And, of course, there is the more recent information where Colin Moriarty, who does, of course, have uh, people in the industry who can who give him information, has said we've not seen the last of Ratchet and Clank on PS4. Right. And I've already thought that for a long time. So I think all that information together, I do think we get a swan song sequel or who knows what they're going to do with it. I assume they're going to do a sequel reimagining of the second game again and just kind of keep going that route. But we'll see. I really doubt that we'll get another movie because the movie did not do good, but the game did The movie did absolutely terrible. Yep, but the game did good, so that's all that matters. Let's see. Was the game free on PS Plus? Uh, yes, okay. yes, it was. I have that game. I know I didn't buy it. Oh, have you, have you not played it? I played like two hours of it. It's really good. I played two hours of it. like. But it's also like when you're playing it, it's like it's really good, but I'm so glad they priced this at $40. Oh, yeah. And uh, it, it was good enough uh, that it kept my interest while I was doing something else, like updating Destiny or something. And I had fun with it while I did, but then, of course, Destiny updated and I just... Back to your labor was, of love? That was way back when... Um, Actually, it might have been Dark Souls 3 or something. I don't know. I was playing one game in particular, and I was updating or something, and I got lost in the game for two hours. So that tells you that I had a good time with it. I yeah, sure. I haven't been compelled to go back and finish it. All right, let's see. Mr. No Face says, I'd like to know what some of those 50-plus games are that THQ Nordic is working on and what's happening with Time Splitters. Uh, and then Mr. Derek responded with, Time Splitters was one of those games that didn't get much attention but was uh, so much fun so back in the day. Uh, Time Splitters is a great game. Time Splitters 2 on For the time. I think. Yeah, for the time. It does not age well. It does not age well. And it's just one of those sad realities. But I think that the premise works. And if you move it forward with uh, much better mechanics and utilize new hardware, you can make a great game. Uh, as for the rest of what THQ Nordic is working on, I'm very curious to see what those are as well. Some of them are things that I think that I know because THQ and um, I can't remember the name of the company that bought it, but I really think we see a new Saints Row. Here, I don't know. Uh, but Saints Row V, doesn't it? Yeah, whoever bought them. Oh, no, well, the, the developer was started with a V. I don't know why I can't think of that. Uh, but I think also who bought them started with a V. But either way, THQ Nordic and that company merged. So THQ Nordic does have, as far as I have, 
please correct me if I'm wrong, but as far as I know, Saints Row is under the THQ Nordic thing. So at that particular setup, I do think that it's time that we start to see another Saints Row. They've even mentioned it recently that we haven't seen the end of the series. So this might be the place to announce it. Might be. Um, we're not going to see anything new from Darksiders for a while because Darksiders 3 continues to get updated, and that's great. The game seems to have sold to expectations, so a Darksiders 4 is very likely, I'm thinking but Volition. next year. Volition was a developer. Yeah, yes. that's what I was thinking of in terms of the V. Yeah, but uh, our last one on Twitter, at least, was our good boy Blake, and he says something I think we're all in agreement with. He says, cheat answer, I'm legit excited for everything. Best time of the year. If I had to pick one, probably the new AC game. So, yeah, I am really excited because this is a really big curveball of a year. We don't really know what we're getting. Uh, we really are in place for some surprises. Um, excuse me. I'm trying my best not to hiccup. But I'm trying my best not to um, let my expectations just a million miles out of my head. Sure. But I do think it's going to be a good year. Okay, let's see. I agree with that, but... I will also say this again on the, on the AC game. I didn't get it out a second ago, but it seems like a good time as any to reiterate that Ubisoft have already confirmed that Odyssey and Origin started development essentially at similar times. Uh, so those being back-to-back was because of that, uh, and they were meant to be that way. But they said there's going to be another year break between AC, Odyssey, and the next AC, very similar to what we had between um, AC Syndicate and AC Origins. So, while they could technically show it off this year, that's not the Ubisoft way. They would typically show the game off the year of release. So, uh, you know, if they do, I'm excited for you, but I'm pretty sure we get a wait. So, we'll see what happens, Blake and Mr. Liam. But I don't, I say just don't hold your breath because you might get blue. I need to hold my breath to get ready to take ups. Our good buddy Sean, who is a patron, Mr. Rude Cole, he says, not that, he says, <laughs> definitely want to see more of Biomutant. Seems like that game has a little been lacking lately. So yeah, it seems the info has been a little lacking lately. I know, I can't talk and I'm getting distracted. I, I apologize. We're the most professional podcast in the world. <laughs> I just, I hope that people are just sitting there like, did he just drink a ton of rum and just... <laughs> I sure didn't, no. I would, you ever seen me asleep? <laughs> you sound like the old mouse off of, uh, did you ever see any of the old old things of Tom and Jerry where the other mouse, the three musketeers, one that they did, and yeah. he was drunk. And yeah, that's what you sound like. But uh, Crash- also the, the, the little, uh, what is it, the Spanish rat or whatever, that, didn't he get drunk on something too? Looney Tunes is I good think stuff. So. And so is, um, even though that's not technically Looney Tunes, but those old cartoons are Well, Biomutant looks funny. like good stuff. Biomutant looks great. Corey, another patron, thank you, my boy, is in agreement saying, easily uh, the game I'm looking forward to the most. I- I'm going to need a release date. I think I we get one. I think we get one, and I'd say that game continues to be super interesting to me. Every time they've showed it, it looks really interesting and unique. Uh, and, I mean, every time I've seen uh, – every time they put out a trailer, I comb through it and see the weird stuff that I can find because it just has a lot of unique takes to it. Now, this is a team that you wouldn't expect this from. This is uh, people who used to work uh, as a team that made the Just Cause series. I don't know why I'm skipping on their name off the top of my head right now. Avalanche. Um, I think it's ex-Avalanche people and ex-Battlefield people, so people from DICE. And I do want to double-check on that uh, because I don't want to be spreading too much misinformation. But I remember thinking it was so interesting that's what the, the makeup of it was. Let's see. Stockholm, Sweden. So that's why – so it's definitely ex-DICE developers, if nothing else. 
They don't have their own Wikipedia page. So I at least know, yes, it is people who used to work on Battlefield at the very least. And I think some ex-Avalanche people are here. But this is a very different game for them. Yeah, you know, can you imagine different. coming off of Battlefield uh, and coming over so into... A third-person, like... Yeah, RPG. What is it called when you... Excuse me. When you play as, like, a furry creature... Oh, um, you come up whenever you make a animal or something have human-like characteristics. Yeah, anthropomorphic. Yeah, well, anthropomorphic. That's yeah. right. Yeah, so it's a completely different kind of game. For I know it some looks, people hate those, but I love them. It, no, I don't hate them. It just depends on the game. There yeah. are some games I just don't like. Because you know, I'm like I'm super into Sly Cooper and yeah. super into Ratchet and Clank, which Ratchet and Clank is essentially about Crash there, the idea. Huh? So you forget about Crash there, but it's okay. Oh, but, but he's not anthropomorphic because he's never talked. Himself, I mean, but he makes he's anthropomorphic in the sense that he stands up on two feet. So yeah, he's kind of in between. Yeah, he makes noises that only animals can make. Whoa! <laughs> oh man! But uh, I, I'm in agreement with all these from our community. I, I'm really excited to see what we get from Final Fantasy VII, unless it's not not a release date. Honestly, I was kind of disappointed in the new trailer because it did not have a release date. Even though I don't know why I thought it would. I wouldn't have expected a release date out of the state of play one. Yeah. Uh, when E3 is right around the corner. But I will say we have a couple more on Facebook I want to get to. Oh, yeah. One of them is, Facebook. yeah, you don't have one, so I get it. It's okay. Michael Scott Schneider, which is, if I'm not mistaken, this is his first time uh, reaching out and communicating, which, if so, uh, thank you. And if not, then I'm sorry I forgot the other one. But he says, I would kill for a Splinter Cell similar to Chaos Theory. And here's the big thing about Splinter Cell. They've talked about it a lot recently. Is They've that- gone as far as to show there's a Splinter Cell cameo in tons of their games. Most recently, they had the uh, Sam Fisher suit in Far Cry New Dawn in a plane wreck in one of the expeditions that you can go to. And he was in um, Wildland- Wildlands. Yeah, so I think that it's definitely possible Saul needs to go give himself a uh, seppuku so he can get rid of these hiccups. But anyway, Sudoku, I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, the, the long-running thing. Anyway, uh, see, next thing up is Mr. Vincent Hull says Last of Us 2 for sure. I'm also curious if there will be any updates on Final Fantasy VII Remake or possibly new IPs from Square Enix. And that's why I'm glad he said that because while I don't cons- I don't think that we're going to see too much new IPs from Square definitely after Left Alive seemed to kind of drop down, that was slightly different. It would be interesting to see if we finally get some kind of a new IP out of Square proper like their normal development teams that are in-house. I agree. Uh, seeing something new from them would be really refreshing. Well, it's been so long, right? Original, it's right. like we've we've seen. Depending Octopath on what happens, was a, was a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just because it's not something you see every day, and then the things, almost like the bravely default style system. Bravely default was was another new, yeah. yeah, new IP. So if they can if they can come out the gates with something three fourths as good as other games, I'm gonna be happy. Yeah. Um, well, and dude, they've had so many teasers. I, I, there was one that people were saying was going to be a Final Fantasy 16 teaser. Uh, no, absolutely and, not. And it wasn't it. But it was a tech demo that was directly from Square, and it had the little weird, like, robot thing. Hold on, I have to find I do, it. I do know that they're going to show off the new um, uh, Final Fantasy uh, 14 update. I'm sure that's going to be there, the new expansion. I Shadow think Rangers. it's this one, Agni's Philosophy. Um, oh, I, never mind. I don't know what that is. Dude. No, hold on. This one's old, isn't it? Yeah, this is 2012. I'm sorry. It was it was one after this. Yeah, it was a newer updated one. That and it had, like, like, mannequins. Yeah. Yes, this is it right here. Dude, it is so cool. 
but it's just a visual thing. If you want to check it out, what I'm looking at on YouTube specifically is Square Enix new prototype demo trailer 2018. This came out. This is visual works character prototype. So this is literally yeah. just showing their CG and stuff. But this premise is so cool that it'd be really cool to see, like exactly like Vince is saying, them actually like try and take a, a play on something that's just wildly new for them. A lot of their new IP has been hearkening back to some of their older days. Which and is good. Even then, Square Enix is just a broad company at this point because they got they got all the SquareSoft stuff, and then they have series like uh, uh, the Third Birth, or the Third Birthday, uh, Parasite Eve, the Third Birthday. Oh, yeah. For some reason, the first thing that popped in my head. But they have the Parasite Eve. They've got tons of old franchises that they've not touched that they could either come back with and do something new with, like they maybe a new Parasite Eve they this year. They have um, Life is Strange. Are they? Yeah, yeah, and that's more from their uh, their western side. Right. I do. I guess I should I should say that I'm specifically talking about Square Enix's Japanese division. Yeah, that's I would like to see their Japanese division go way more in depth and do something interesting, even if it's something that ties back in. Parasite Eve is a pretty interesting franchise, and they could do something that ties into that style, if not a new Parasite Eve, and still be so different than anything they've done recently. Right. Because most of, like you said, their new IPs are things like Bravely Default and Octopath Traveler, which are weird takes that do do, they tread some new ground, but they are very much relying on also nostalgia and things they know people already like um, and that have been utilized recently. Final Fantasy's had turn-based games still. When you think about all the DS games, 3DS games that have been going through, they have, and then Bravely Default came on 3DS pretty early on, like 2012, I think, and then Bravely Second or whatever it was called uh, came know. in like 2017. Yeah. The Bravely Second actually picked up on clearance at Target for twenty dollars, and it wow. was a pretty cool game. Yeah. So anyway, this is super cool, and I just think that it. I think that there's something cool. Even the Agnes Philosophy demo, which is when they showed off the Luminous engine for the first time, uh, that has the you know girl with red hair pulled back and the blood all over her face and whatnot. If you haven't seen that, go check that out as well. I think that it's time to start doing exactly what Detroit did, like Saul was saying, right. and turn something that was originally just a tech demo into a full game because we've seen that it can work and that people are really interested in it. Why not try it out? Bam. And this would be a cool way to do it. The Agnes philosophy feels a little more like traditional Square Enix to me, but I would still take it as a new IP, and it would be interesting to see them tread new ground because what we've seen them do in recent years is try and do what Capcom's been doing and revive some of their long-running franchises in a way that people are finally liking. Dragon Quest XI did really well at bringing the Dragon Quest name back big in the West, and it did really well over here, surprisingly, and that's awesome, even though it, it played very much like a traditional Dragon Quest. That's good. Final Fantasy VII Remake, will hopefully be their stepping stone into people across the board loving Final Fantasy, a new Final Fantasy game instead of 15 that was kind of divisive. Yeah, and honestly, like... Despite sales, though. It's been sold well. Speaking of, like, fan theories revolving around this trailer in 16, I do think it is interesting to say, like, what we saw in Kingdom Hearts 3 for that trailer would be kind of cool to speculate as a new game. I doubt it 100%, but it would be cool. Yeah, it would um, be cool. Moving away from Square Enix, though, I am really excited, like, because everything we mentioned so far will fit into the for sure category. Uh, I'm really excited to see more Cyberpunk that I definitely know Xbox will have there. Yeah. I'm really, and this this one really doesn't pertain to PlayStation, but I'm really excited for Halo Infinite. I really want to see what it is. Not getting my hopes up because it's made by 343, and I did not like 5 at all. Yeah, but, but I liked 4, and 4 was the first time the 343 were really heavily involved kinda, by yeah, themselves. It, you know? They were involved a little bit in Reach. Um, yeah, they were involved in Reach, but 343's first full-on game they did completely by themselves was 4, and 4 yeah. was fine. 
And I think I hope I hope they heard from complaints about five. Um, it seems like they have. But, but yeah, we got so much in um, in store for us. Like Cyberpunk is the main one that I am excited for. Uh, I do hope there is a new RPG of some sort that Square reveals that they're working on. We probably won't see it till twenty twenty eight, but who knows? I'm excited nonetheless. One thing that we've completely left out of this that I'm curious is: Do you have any hopes from Bethesda? No, absolutely not. What do you even expect? Bethesda, okay, so I expect a teaser trailer, another CGI teaser for uh, Elder Scrolls Six. However, you think so? I know so. What are they? What else are they going to bring? They've been crucified so much this past year, and they just recently got messed up. But they're going to get more crucified if they keep showing the same game just with no, CGI that's, trailers. That's, they, they know though. That they're, so, the, the do most, you not think they would show Starfield first, since no. that game's actually coming before Elder Scrolls no. Six? Um, I think that they're going to lead off with Elder Scrolls Six, and here's why: they have been caught up with the controversy of um, Fallout seventy six and lots of it. It's just not one thing; it's multiple. Well, and then Fallout in general was like that Fallout rum cola and things, right? Yeah. You know, Prey didn't really 
you know, catch me by any standard. I'm still curious to see what they have. But a couple more ones that we have over here on the Facebook. Mr. Jeff Roberts, also a longtime listener, says, Gears 5, so much like Saul, something that's not necessarily PlayStation related. I recently beat Gears 4 and can't wait to see where the story goes from there. But also Rainbow Six Siege as well as Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Now, Breakpoint, again, is a new game, so we're going to see more on that greatly. Um, Rainbow Six Siege continues to go on, so I am curious to see what they're going to continue to do uh, with E3 at Rainbow Six Siege. Maybe it's even going to have a presence there, or if they're just going to keep doing the updates for it completely separate from E3, because they've built their audience. They know what they have. I'm I'm kind of excited for Breakpoint, actually. And that's my man, um, Shane. Oh, God, I just blanked blanked on his last name. Well, I can't help you there. Yeah, he's an actor. He's in The Walking Dead. He's in Baby Driver. He's in... um, I don't watch enough movies or Daredevil, shows. Daredevil, he's sport. Punisher. Shane Black? The guy who's kind of uh, got like real tan, muscular. He's muscular. I don't know about tan. But you said he is the Punisher, right? Yeah. I thought I mean, he looks kind of like tan to me. No, Shane, I'm not watching. Shane Black is a director. Um, oh, okay. My bad. No, that's what I said. Okay. Okay, yeah, I don't know who this is. But yeah, it has him in it. I, I, I like his, some of his work. I'm not a huge fan of Walking Dead, but I like his I like his acting. And uh, some of the camo stuff they're doing is really reminiscent of Metal Gear Solid 4. Yeah, so, Metal Gear Solid 4 had a great camo system. All right, Donovan says Destiny 3. And he nope. brought up a good point. I said, I think it's that time. And he says, we haven't heard anything about what happens after next season. However, we did not hear about Destiny 2 until after Taken King. We have we have until September. Well, you need until after Rise of Iron. Yeah, you're right. We have until September until Taking King's time hits, right? Three years, year three. Well, Taking King was year two. Oh, year one. I'm sorry. End of year one was Taking King. Was not end of year one. We we've had this conversation I think it was before. Year two. You proved me wrong about it. But, no, but it's the start of year two. That's what I'm saying. Taking King is considered year two for Destiny, and then Rise of Iron is considered year three. I guess. So I at this point, of, at this maybe. point, you are right at this point, but then again, they're free of Activision. So the the existing structure doesn't have to yeah, exist. Who have... knows that we even get, like I said earlier, who knows that we even get Destiny 3 in the same format? What they could do from here moving forward is exactly what I've always hoped. <laughs> what, what I've always hoped, though, where it's just, it, it just, it's for all intents and purposes, it's Destiny 3, but it's also just Destiny surname. It's just a massive expansion. That takes up exactly what a Destiny three would be, but it continues to hold everything like that Destiny that. two had. I also would like so that. it's possible. And I really like the PS five backwards compatible, so I can play Destiny two on PS five. There you go. All right, last one here, Mr. Matt Hunt says, "I would love to see or even hear." Saw your foot felt so yeah, weird. I'm so sorry. My eyes just like shot up. Like whoa. <laughs> if you were watching, it was probably like a lot a more fun. Right in my leg. I would love to see or even hear about a new Unreal tournament. And you know what, man? I have to tell you, he said I played so so well, much Unreal tournament three on PS three. I am with you, Matt. I with, murdered on Unreal Tournament 3. I'm with you, too, because it. me and you had a lot of time. Like, you come spend the night, and we played it a We played the hell out of it. I will say, did not, a, not a big fan of the newest one. Pretty garbage. Of the newest one? Yeah, the one that came out, like, last year on PC. No, that's Quake Champions. You're right. You're right. Why do I always mix those together? They're, yeah, they're like similar. Quake. I did not like Quake. Yeah, they're... Uh, they're both arena shooters. Yeah, I was going to say MOBA shooters, but yeah, arena yeah, shooters. Yeah, they're very similar uh, to, like, you know, original I always Halo mix those, Yeah, I mix those up. I, you do not love Quake 2. Quake, uh, the Quake game for 360. What was it called? Was Quake it Quake 3? Or no, yeah, you're right. It is Quake 3. Yeah, Quake 3 yeah, was Quake dope. 3 was good. Uh, no, hold on. No, no, that's Quake 3 Arena. So it's not, that's not the one. Hold on. Xbox well, 360. I'm the one that was on 360. I know. And I actually played, I think I played Quake 4. 
That's what it was. Quake Four. Sure? Yeah, that's it right there. I I know that case. Anyway. Okay, yeah, man. Quake Four was awesome. It was. That game was really cool, but it was also at a way different time. What than is now. up with those? Like, what is up with last generation having a symbol in neon like background? That was a big big thing last. That's just, dude, last that, that's like that's like the other half of the two human. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway. But yeah, so. I agree. Like a new Unreal Engine, or Engine Unreal Tournament would be pretty fun. I, I love that. Dude, Unreal Tournament three was the epitome of that series for me. Quake let me down, and Doom's multiplayer let me down. So I'm sure Unreal Tournament let Doom's me down. Doom's multiplayer was fun, but it was shallow to me. It I was, did. I really liked the, the snap, snap map. map was cool. Um, but yeah, it, but that's not coming back. Even like the hour that I played, Same. yeah. Uh, even though the hour I played over here with you that one day, I just not have fun. So fair enough. But so, yeah, uh, that's about it for me. Biomutant was a really big one for me. I I, I really want to know that, and I would. I'm really excited to see more of what Twin Mirror is, and what's called. Yeah, uh, yeah the, the, the game not from not. Vampire. Yeah, the Don't Nod game. Dot um, Nod. Is it? It's Dot Nod. I'm pretty sure. Don't make me look dumb, dude. I was calling Don Broco Don Bronco for weeks. Don't worry about it. That's how my brain read it every time. It's Don't Nod. Why did I think that was Dot Nod? Same, uh, same people who did... Um, What's funny is mine's also an N. There wasn't an N in mine, but I put one in, and then there was an N in yours, but you took it I out. swear, I, I, I don't know how my, my mind just skipped over the N. Either way. Yeah, yeah I always just read as Dot Nod. Those dot are big nod. games. I, there's, a, no, there's a lot of weird... I'm curious to see, in general, what happens in the Double A sphere, because Double A has been doing really well lately. Double A has been killing it, yeah. and I, like, that's where I think all the surprises are going to come from. I think so, too, but I feel like there's a low... I don't know if we're going to see anything big new from them, because Focus Home Interactive has already, have already shown kind of their hand for the Right, so... Uh, so it's not impossible. I'm not really excited for we'll anything see. they have to bring right now. Yeah, so we'll see what happens, and outside of that... Uh, I think this has been a good episode. Yeah. So, hey, let us know you what guys. you are expecting if you haven't already in our community's take on Facebook, Twitter, or Discord. Saw that was a very intense look, and I appreciated it. But with you. that said, yeah, this has been Triangle Squared, and we'll see you next week. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks to our patrons, including our two new ones Chad V, Dan Barber, Josh Jarrell, Matthew Green, my name is Dan, Douglas Below, Sean Santarude, Eric McAllister, Matt Sycamore, Shadowist, Stephen Salazar, The Stonard, Travis Below, Blake Post, Eduardo Palomino, Stephen Swanlin, Coy Live, Philip Laguerre, Corey Hickerson, Brian, Donovan Williams, Justin Rowe, William Digital Spooker, Derek Porter, Josh Ayers, and Thomas McKinnis. And if we get one more person, our columns are maxed out. Some, come on, somebody. Add in. Go to that description down there. Go to patreon.com slash Help a brother out. Uh, until next week, though. Thank you.